Welcome to the Critical Futures Podcast. It's critical because the time is now to conjure the world and communities we want to live and thrive in. But it's also futurity, or the intentional imagining and materializing of liberated futures, where freedom from oppression, trauma, violence, and discrimination are realized. In this series, The Future Of, we chat with experts in various sectors to learn about what they are doing to shift the critical now for a radical new future. I am Dr. Amber Johnson, Executive Director of the Institute for Healing Justice and Equity, and I will be your host for this episode. Welcome. Today we have three faculty members from the University of Illinois Urbana-Champaign. Jay David Cisneros, Associate Professor of Communication, Jorge Lucero, Associate Professor and Chair of Art Education, and Patrick Earl Hammy, Associate Professor and Chair of Studio Art. These three wonderful humans are the inaugural faculty of the Interseminar Initiative, a Mellon-funded initiative in the Humanities Research Institute, and their focus this year is called Imagining Otherwise, Speculation in the Americas. So welcome to the future of graduate education. How are you all doing today? Good. Good. Great. Thank you so much for having us. So I want to have a deep dive convo into graduate ed because graduate education clearly needs to change. Our students are burnt out. They feel exploited. They feel taken advantage of, but they also feel really isolated and disenfranchised from our daily academic activities. And you three have come up with something super cool to reimagine otherwise, how we create an inclusive place of belonging for our graduate students so that they can thrive. So welcome and let's dig right in. So tell me about the Interseminars Initiative. Well, thanks again for having us. Uh, yeah, the, we're, we're excited to be here. The, uh, the Interseminars Initiative, um, as you said, is a uh, a Mellon-funded project that was um, awarded to the Humanities Research Institute at the University of Illinois. Um, we weren't involved in in um, in writing and or securing the grant, but we were lucky enough to be, you know, competitively selected to be the first group of people to um, to try to imagine otherwise, to try to imagine graduate education and or, and do it in a different way. So we do want to thank. The folks at the Humanities Research Institute, Antoinette Burton and Jenny Davis, and all of the other folks who were involved in actually getting this, um, you know, conceiving of this uh, this project. But yeah, it's it, you know the the birth of this idea of of imagining otherwise came kind of organically through conversations with uh, between grad students and faculty and and undergrad students who were all interested in kind of basically what your podcast is about, right? The critical, the idea of critical futures um, and in having, having informal discussions and reading groups about it. And, and that sort of, when, when this opportunity came up to apply to kind of do graduate education in a different way, which includes, you know, having uh, recruiting graduate fellows and having classes and, and, Doing symposia and all these other things that we can talk about, um, we we kind of jumped, kind of jumped at that. And a big part, and a big part of it from from the, the beginning, the way it was conceived was centering the experiences um, and the sort of 
mentoring of underrepresented students within the academy and kind of centering conversations around social justice and transformative, you know, pedagogy. So that, that was uh, that was really important to us and, and always has been. So that's kind of like a broad, um, I guess, beginning, but I, I'll let other folks jump in if they want to. Yeah. In addition to uh, David thanking you, I want to thank you as well. This is a great chance to talk more about this and share with, with you and the community about this uh, project we've been really excited about and fortunate to explore with the fellows, the graduate fellows for 18 months. I mean, where do we get this amount of time to spend on a subject and with a research cluster around this, uh, these topics, especially throughout the humanities and into the arts? Uh, and so that's been a, a luxury and a privilege. Um, speaking of how broad this is, it's also maybe too rare to have this hub that crosses so many different disciplines within the humanities and the arts. Even though, you know, visual arts are in design or kind of couched within the humanities, there are so many disparate and dynamic and rich experiences that sometimes it, it just doesn't always fit easily. And so being able to work with colleagues across disciplines, being able to work with the fellows who are coming from all over, from English, from psychology, from theater, from dance, from art and design, um, from Spanish and Portuguese has been a really, really exciting and dynamic refurbishing of my excitement as a professor who's been doing this now for going on 13 years. So that's what I'll, I'll add some, at this moment. I don't know that I have too much to add to this part other than to say, maybe talk a little bit about some of the, the affordances that have been given to both us and and the students that the, that the grant has enabled. Students are, this is the fellowship for them. So they, they're, they're fellows and, um, they're not, you know, they're, they're being asked not to work in their units or, or to teach or to, you know, to TA or RA. Um, so it gives them time to focus on this particular, um, initiative. And the same thing goes for us. We were given um, some course releases, and uh, that gave us the op that gives us the opportunity because we're in the thick of it actually right now. That gives us the opportunity to be able to come together and um, you know, conceptualize this work, but also uh, carry it out as part of our course load uh, because we're not teaching there. We, we were helped out with teaching our units. So that's a perfect segue to talk about the barriers, right? So you mentioned like them not having to do work and, and there being a stipend. So what are some of the barriers that you are seeing in current graduate education and how has your program helped alleviate those barriers? Well, first, I guess I'll start with some, some very uh, maybe obvious barriers in terms of research is so often have we been historically kind of situated in this disciplinarity. And so a large driving force behind this initiative is interdisciplinarity. In addition to the, the subject that we're excited about, um, which is speculation and how we can think about that broadly, interdisciplinarity is a route for all of us in, in order to think deeply about collaboration, about interdisciplinarity as a critical lens, and then take that back and think about how we navigate and research within our disciplines to maybe think of fresh ways. And so that's been a, a barrier and something that I believe this uh, 
initiative tries to address head on, I'll leave room for my colleagues to add more. Yeah, thank you. I think um, I think in addition to that, you know, one of the things that uh, I think all the things that that you said, Amber, about students being burned out and over, and overworked and all the things are are all are all true. And um, and in addition, and you know, we could talk about if and how we we can address those things through these kinds of programs. But in addition, I think it's sort of like a lack of a lack of agency, you know, that sometimes students have, where they feel like, you know, grad students kind of feel and feel like they're kind of moving through um, a curriculum, moving through a professionalization program, kind of like being being told this, these are the things that you have to do. These are the, the checkboxes that you have to check, and the things that you have to do. Uh, when it's connected to what Patrick was saying about the disciplinarity, right? Like we're literally disciplining students, right? Um, and so, I think that that's that's kind of a barrier to the critical like imagination and and things that we're talking about. And so one of the things that's been exciting and also challenging about our this interseminars project is that it's really conceived as a co-collaborative project. So this the, the the graduate fellows play like a primary role in shaping all of the things that we do including down to the syllabi that that you know that Govern the classes that they take, the folks that we invite, um, the, the the literally deli the deliverables of the of the project. Um, so it kind of flips that script, right, of the disciplining, where where it's kind of a co collaborative and a creative um, project of graduate education. Um, and I think as part of that, the mentoring is more kind of reciprocal, you know, as opposed to like top down where we're kind of like sharing wisdom about how we navigate these institutions and the students themselves are sharing experiences that um, help to enrich, you know, those conversations. Excellent. So let's back up for our audience who are not familiar with this initiative. Can you share with us what the initiative is, what it entails, and who it was designed for? Yeah, it, um, this, the idea from, you know, came out of previous iterations like previous uh, experiments, I guess, with doing like interdisciplinary graduate education in this in the way that Patrick was talking about breaking down the barriers between the disciplines and kind of creating a more collaborative experience. Um, but I think this interseminars, um, again, thanks to the folks who really created it, um, had a, a more deliberate um, a more deliberate approach where. Um, the faculty conveners, like the three of us, proposed a theme that we wanted to explore, like our theme being imagining otherwise speculation in the Americas, um, with the support, like like Jorge was saying, from our like a support to actually give our time and attention and focus to this initiative through the course releases and the things like that. Um, the funding to recruit the students in full fellowships so that they wouldn't have to have to be, you know doing other things, they could give their full attention to this project. The the longevity of it, like Patrick said, over 18 months, which includes multiple courses that uh, graduate seminars, summer workshops, symposia, funding for visiting guests and, and things and for research. Um, and then, like I said, the kind of like, um, like the, co the, the collaborative aspect of creating uh, 
creating the programming and the classes that we're using to explore um, this this theme of imagining otherwise. So I think it really is, you know, a, an experiment and another kind of way of, of doing graduate education in that way. And and we should talk, maybe somebody could talk at some point about the fellows that the graduate fellows that we have and where they come from across the university and and kind of how they speak to that as well. Yeah, thank you, David. Before before we jump into talking about the fellows, which is they they are a rich and dynamic group themselves, I just wanted to add that at the root of the application that went into Mellon was uh, creating a space for the conveners and for the fellows, the potential fellows at that point, that prioritized uh, knowledge and and uh, participants that are coming from underrepresented backgrounds, that are interested in, in knowledges that have not been historically centered. And it was part of the call to the conveners and then from us to the fellows to really try to co-curate and develop a space that, that would center and celebrate, uh, scholars, writing, text, experiences that are too few in graduate education, especially within the arts and humanities. If I could, uh, add, uh, one final sort of curly cue to that, all of that information about what it is, uh, it, it's been handed to us as a kind of material and then there's the next part of it or the part that we're in the middle of is how do the three of us as the conveners think about all of the affordances and all the opportunities. And then, well, and one of the ways that we thought about it is to share all of most, all of not most of the, um, most of not all of the decision-making with the fellows themselves and to try to have as horizontal of an exchange like a sort of um, uh, participation on behalf of all of the every all twelve of us. There's nine fellows and three conveners, and so we're just. I mean, for all intents and purposes, we're sort of uh, getting a feel for all of the opponents, all of the resources, and then. Uh, asking ourselves, what do we want to do with it? Then incrementally moving the direction of trying to um, make an, at least one iteration of this dream, right? Like what a, a graduate education could be if, you know, you had this amount of resources, this small of a cohort, uh, this amount of time together, and then the permission, really, because Ultimately, in institutions like ours and, and yours, Amber, uh, and so many others in the States here, North America, a lot of times the first thing you need is permission. Like you need somebody to say, go ahead. <laughs> uh, and then, and so we've been given that. And so now we're just sort of trying to figure it out. The, um, the fellows talking about them more directly are, uh, as I mentioned earlier, really dynamic and robust group. That are coming from three different colleges. Uh, they're coming from uh, units that include art and design, communication, urban regional planning, dance, Spanish and Portuguese, English, psychology, education, and theater. And um, all of them happened to be when we began this project together in their first year of coursework. Um, and I think that's worth kind of underlining in that 
some of the, the rich potential of where they could go was still so wide open. And it's been an exciting space where the, the kind of conversations and discourse that we are engaged in together is, is the root of many of their practices that are going to, you know, you know, develop into their theses and dissertations. And uh, we hope that these mentoring opportunities with our, with ourselves as, as, as conveners, with them as peers, and with many of the, the, the speakers and guests that we brought in to connect them with and that they've been connecting with within the community, um, are going to continue to add to their experiences for the next, you know, two to seven years. Um, but from day one, and I'll, I'll, I'll give Jorge credit for this, from day one, we met and it was clear that they, they were and are and continue to, uh, set the, the, set the pace at what this project is. We are really functioning, I think, in the most productive way as facilitators. They are such a dynamic and curious and agent group that really it's just trying to uh, point them to resources, uh, help them kind of navigate the questions that they might have, and trying to, to stay productively out of the way. <laughs> so I want, I want to name what you all are saying. So you were talking about resources in terms of financial resources. So they have money to do their research, which we know from most graduate students, they are paid to help someone else do their research, right? Their own research versus what is intrinsic and important to them. Number two, um, human resources. You're creating a space for them to build community with each other and with faculty they otherwise might not have access to. Um, number three, we're talking about radical inclusion. So they're not just being forced into a program that was loosely, quote unquote, designed for them, but they're designing it for themselves, right? And so you created the space for them to design the thing that would make them most, um, that would give them the most opportunities to thrive, to flourish in an academic space that we know historically was not made for them, right? But, but you're also talking about agency. Right. Um, and, and it's agency, not just in terms of you can choose what you want to study to complete your applied project or your thesis or whatever. But you, you know, your dissertation, but you get to be the, the stewards of your experience, your whole experience. And so I, I think it's important to name those things because these these are things that the academy needs. And it's not just grad students who need them, right? Imagine if this is how we onboarded junior faculty, uh, junior leaders who will soon become senior leaders and administrators. Like what happens when we become stewards of our experience instead of consumers of something that existed a priori, right? Something that was already there that we didn't have any, any say in creating. So what are some of the outcomes that you are seeing now? How do your students show up differently? And you don't even call them students, right? You call them fellows, right? Fellows, yeah. So how, how are your fellows showing up differently because of these spaces that you've co-created in community versus, you know, putting them in a pre, predetermined space? Uh, Amber, uh, if I could add to the, all of the naming that you just did, I would 
I would say that there's a gesture of trust that is made. Um, but even when you make that gesture, person has to receive it, right? Like the, like you have to, like somebody might trust you to do something, whether it's a, a one of these fellows or, or a junior faculty, as you mentioned before. But sometimes we're just so conditioned. Like we have a lot of, we're carrying a lot. <laughs> and it takes a long time to be convinced, you know, that the trust that is being given to sincere, it's not coming with strings attached. Um, and, and is fearless in a way. And so, in, you know, to kind of answer this most recent question that you asked, what are, what are they doing? What are they getting? I think they're coming into that trust. Like they're, they're, I mean, I would hate to say like, well, it's taken this long, but it does take this long because I think to a certain degree, schooling in general as a sort of enterprise, it, it leaves such a mark on, on, on us. That it really, even when somebody says, no, you do it, you figure it out, let's follow your path, you don't believe them, you know, because you, you sort of, the bait and switch has been pulled way too many times on you, right? So on some level, the fact that that was done for us, like through, through HRI and the, and the initiative, you know, we had to sort of take that. And then if we're passing it along to the fellows, like they have to come into it too. So, you know, and that takes time. While we're all chewing critically on speculation, uh, in addition to, to trust and coming into it, um, we're asked to do something that's maybe also less frequent, which is to dream. An element of speculation is dreaming. And we're asking them to dream about their own research, as you said so well, uh, Amber, not through the lens of, of maybe a, a, a faculty's research kind of priorities, but through their interest and their, their begin, their dream is starting to encompass other ways of thinking and making. Um, you know, it's been really exciting to watch some, some of the fellows who never imagined themselves being anywhere artistically oriented, uh, jumping in, you know, wholeheartedly into collage and performance and, and, um, unreservedly and, and, and being so willing. It's that trust that Jorge kind of mentioned that has opened up that space for them to feel that. And, you know, on the opposite side of that, those who are, see themselves more primarily in terms of making objects or making gestures and not necessarily as, as writers are finding more confidence and more inclusion in, in how to articulate their expressions that way as well. And what are the circumstances surrounding that, which aren't always unpacked for for uh, people, you know, navigating those disciplines as, as as well, and so dreaming together, and then with that dream, something that's that's become really clear in some of our experiences is the frustration when the dream space that 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 we've nurtured together rubs up against the rest of of their institutional experiences, and one primary one that that many of them are concerned about right now. And I think even we are as conveners is how do we bring this dream back to our, our, our spaces outside of that? You know, how do we bring them back to our colleges, back to our units, back to our friends, our colleagues, our advisors, and, um, and include them in the dream or open up space for them to maybe rethink about the fabric of what they're working with. And so that's been some of what's, I, I think we've all recognized have come out of 
some of these experiences. I love that. I love that. So we're not just talking about shifting what we create for students, but even shifting how we understand the human capacity to, to exist, right? Like dreaming, right? You can, you can build your own. That's, you know, if you build it, they will come. That is super, super cool. So yeah, let's talk about some of those other outcomes then. What are just, let's talk about some outcomes. How are your students showing up differently because of this interest in our series initiative? Yeah, I think, um, you know, these, these ideas of kind of trust and creativity and um, kind of uh, play or, you know, the, that, that Patrick and Jorge have talked about um, are kind of like, I think that on one hand, that's like, that's part of what reimagining graduate education is about, right? Which is like reimagining what ped graduate pedagogy is, right? It's not. Um, and I think another side, another part of that is, is I think, you know, um, that, you know, a lot of the, a lot of our conversations from the beginning have focused on how the, the, the things, the knowledges that we're producing, the speculations that, and dreaming that we're, that we're doing, how these things can speak to social issues, social problems, marginalized people, communities, um, so kind of like breaking down this boundary between the the classroom or the graduate program as like a preparatory space before you get to actually do something. And I think that that's been, um, that's been a really exciting part of the, the way that we've kind of like retrained our thinking and our practice together. And I think it's, I think all of these things have played out in terms of outcomes, in terms of um, the student, you know, the fellows work, the 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 materials that they're producing, you know, um, imagining otherwise around issues of prison abolition and um, colonialism and you know um, intercultural exchange and you know I'll, I I can't even think of all the all the issues right, but like the the like the trust and the courage and the feeling of like creativity to like tackle these issues and not, and in a way that's, that's kind of trying to imagine another possibility in the, in the projects that are being produced. Um, and in, and in the, the conversations that we're having and all of these things. So I think that's, that's one of the, the outcomes as well. Just to add on a few of the other, other kind of project expressions are, um, uh, land acknowledgement statements, um, kind of radical revolutionary theater, or theater of the absurd, uh, expressions of identity and space through movement, uh, and uh, are just some of the other ones, just adding to what uh, David was naming. Um, I've been really excited about how the commonalities that, that, that have emerged um, beyond the obvious uh, in the, through, this, through this project with uh, amongst all the, all the, all the participants. And something that may, has made this very, I think, easy actually is we're all dedicated to our practice being agent in the world you know it took several conversations to realize that none of us are strictly or purely interested in in making work exclusively for the ivory tower 
You know, it might exist in articles and journals and rarefied spaces like elite exhibitions and things like that. But all of the fellows immediately wanted to engage with the community and not just the community on campus, but beyond the campus to get out there and meet the people that are, that are, that are, that we hope that the research touches immediately or in a longer term. And so that's been really exciting. I think has unified all of us in our, in our conversations and our directions. There's also the element of becoming increasingly institutionally literate. And because we're working through the tools and the, and the resources here, um, there's a whole layer of transparency that has emerged and that the students have asked for and that we've been able to, or we're attempting, I should say, to provide in a bunch of different ways by bringing in people you know, bringing in the people who helped to write the grant, bringing into, you know, uh, we had a, a scholar from on campus come in and talk about how their, um, how they had to, um, negotiate, not negotiate, um, how they had to help their research, which was sort of ancillary to their field, make sense within their field, almost like translate. How do you translate a practice that is new or or a methodology that is taking from a bunch of different places how do you then come back to your units or your disciplines and help to for people to understand you right so there's there's just things that the students have been asking i'm sorry the fellows have been asking in terms of like how does this work like in the university or in the academy at large um understanding how the university as an institution works and how they can navigate the institution or, or work with and against it to do what they want to do. Um, Jorge always talks about the idea of like institutions as pliable. So how do we kind of mold it to, um, and that, like I said, is something that came from the fellows themselves who were interested in like, how do you get a grant? You know, how do you, um, uh, how do you make your how do you meet, re- make your research research um, translatable or understandable when it's interdisciplinary? Uh, you know all these kinds of all these kinds of questions. How do you how do you merge research and practice with community work? And so it's led to these opportunities where we've brought in people to talk about these questions and to kind of lift that veil, which we wouldn't otherwise normally do in a in a graduate education setting. So we had. The people who wrote the interseminars grant come in and talk about the process and literally share their grant application. We had um, faculty come in and talk about their experience of translating their like interdisciplinary research to their advisor when they were grad students, or share examples of community-driven research, like 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 your own Amber when you came in and visited. So um, I think it's it's really been, and I think that that's that's led to like knowledge of of how of opportunities, but also I think a confidence or or maybe a better word is like savviness. I feel like in when we started, a lot of our conversations revolved around like, is there any hope to what we can do with the institution the, of the university? And I think those conversations, my my impression is that they moved to like, how can we get what we need to get to do what we want to do? From the institution, right? Which I think is is really really impressive. 
I love it. What a what a beautiful outcome. What a beautiful outcome. Because now you're talking about creating capacity for this future of students and fellows to change everything about higher ed. You've given them priceless tools and valuable tools to change. So enough about them. Let's talk about you. What are what are your changes? How have you grown? <laughs> How have you reimagined otherwise what it means to be a professor, a chair, an administrator? Like how has this changed your thinking about higher ed? We're, we're still so much in the weeds of it. I, I was a dreamer before I was even brought on this. Um, so in some ways, I feel like I've been affirmed in continuing to be a, this kind of a person, which is a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, you know, ideas of science fiction and speculation are not new or new to the academy. They're ubiquity and the level of criticality that's happening across so many different fields has grown so much since, you know, the 80s and 90s. And it's been really rejuvenating to find a space and a cohort that's excited to think about these things with me coming as a blurred myself, like loving, um, you know, everything to do with, you know, speculation, black speculation as broadly as you might imagine that. Um, I've not really even found my, my, my people as, as often as I like to think about that. So this has been, you know, a real beautiful moment. I mentioned this earlier as a kind of research cluster, and I just started using that word with myself more recently. And I feel like it is like, we're all thinking deeply about these subjects. And while we're pursuing our own types of, of interests, uh, the fact that we're doing it together means something to me. And so that has felt really enriching. Um, from, from, from day one, actually, I would say even day one with the fellows, we went to dinner with them. And uh, I'm, I'm going to bring this back to us. <laughs> and some of them made note that they've never seen a room literally a room, but a space like this dedicated to what they were about to embark on looked like it did, right? To, with the diversity of interests, of life experiences, of, of, of backgrounds, and like how shocking that was to them was a space that opened up, I believe, all of us through, 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 through the time of the 18 months that we're sharing together to maybe unpack some of that, that trauma to unpack some of that, to sit with it, to listen to it, and to then begin to think beyond it. Um, and so that has helped me reimagine my positionality as a chair and as a, as a researcher and as a teacher. Um, while I always think about these things, it's, it's, it's helpful to see them through different lenses and, and seeing it through their experiences, even just navigating resources on our end. You know, we got a bunch of resources to do things. We got, you know, we got, we got funds that helped us, um, dedicate more time to, to, to our kind of thinking through the, these subjects that would, of course, ultimately benefit the, the course. But, um, even things like, because I think Jorge mentioned this earlier, we got received funds through Mellon to support our teaching. Um, when we were kind of, because we were dedicated to this, then they provided funds in order to support uh, our absence in in our in our kind of units. Uh, that was a new challenge because in the arts, at least I can speak for the arts, we ain't used to getting nice things all the time. 
And here we are, we got a good chunk chunk of money to do something with. And it took a lot of conversations and, and figuring out how to, how to deal with this good problem, you know, how to, how to deal with this, this, this really awesome opportunity. And I know Jorge and I have talked about this, um, coming from a similar, coming from the same unit, but different kind of, uh, uh areas and have found similar, but yet slightly different ways of, of optimizing and utilizing this opportunity. But it took, it took imagining outside of our own boxes to do that. And so that's been really something really exciting is, and I, I don't want to take this too much away from Jorge. I, this is the, a term he uses often, but I feel, I feel so moved by is like to help think more about how I touch and then manipulate the material of the institution, right? How do I, how do I mold it or weave it or tear it apart or do something to it differently than what it's meant to do, that it wants to do. And working with him, working with David, working with the fellows and having these experiences has definitely um, added to how I think about all those things. Yeah. And if, if I can ju jump in and, and say, I, I agree with, with everything that's been said in, in terms of, of still kind of building it and experiencing, but I, I also agree with Patrick that, you know, we talked about trust and kind of, um, permission to imagine otherwise. And I feel like um, that I've definitely experienced those things as, as well, personally, as a, as a teacher, as a scholar through the, through the work that we've done together, the, the 12 of us, right. The three of conveners plus the fellows, um, you know, it, the, the, the trust in the ability to like make the university um, to work with and against it in the way that we've talked talked about and the permission to play and 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 think otherwise has really impacted my you know um my own my own work and being able to expand the kinds of work that I do and also kind of think about how I can translate the practices that we use on this class in this in imagining otherwise interseminars project to other aspects of advising of of teaching um and so I think that's been that's been a big uh, a big takeaway for me is like obviously having the infrastructure of this um, is has allowed us to do all the things that we've done, but also what aspects of it can we take and translate into other other parts of our work? You know, if I'm if I may add, um, just thinking, listening, and hearing David and 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 you earlier, Amber, talk about um, how you might see an opportunity to take this and try it somewhere else. That's happened with us. Uh, so as chair of studio art, I'll spill a little tea. Um, I, I work with 22 faculty, um, under, like that work with me in studio. Um, and, you know, a good portion of those faculty work with graduate students. This has been such a kind of launching board for me to hear and listen to their experiences, the faculty and, listen in many ways to their trauma. You know, I have some faculty that, you know, for some good reasons have never worked with graduates in seminars or in this capacity or are afraid of, of re-traumatizing them the way they were traumatized. And I don't mean in a necessarily in a kind of um, implicit bias type way. I, I, I mean, you know, in, in some of the, the, the disciplining that maybe Jorge was alluding to 
and the ways that we were taught and not being able to think, oh, seminars slash workshops slash laboratory could be different and not, you know, having the room to, or even being asked, oh, let's dream about this differently. Let's, let's think about curriculum for the 21st century, the lat, you know, the middle 21st century. And so that's been a really exciting takeaway from, from me for this experience is being able to go back to those faculty and maybe, uh, encourage or invite them to dream with me in through my, through our experiences. And we've been developing new curriculum already based off this experience. And I hope that, um, this continues to snowball into something that is systematically changeable, right? Like, I don't want this to be a one-off. I've been talking with our dean that how do we take this and bring it back and make it something that is consistent, that it's not just, oh, we have melon-funded kind of opportunity and it's here and it's gone, but how does this become something that's woven into the fabric consistently of at least the best we can do, which is in our, maybe our areas, our colleges, and if enough of us do it, it'll hopefully become more campus-wide. Another perfect segue. <laughs> so for our listeners out there, I was fortunate enough to be invited by the Inter Seminars initiative to come and be a part of it. And so I invited all of these wonderful people to the podcast because of the experience I had and everything that they're saying. Not only did I experience that, I, I witnessed how the students were experiencing it as well. And it was just, it was a moment of clarity, but also a moment of inspiration because I have found myself, you know, we have that whole like one foot out the door of higher ed. I think every professor always has one foot out the door <laughs> because higher ed's a hot mess. But I had like a foot, a thigh, an elbow, two earlobes. I was like more than 50%, like, you know what? I'm done. And after sitting with you all, and I was only there for a couple of days, it was such, an inspiring moment. And so I pulled my earlobes back into higher ed, you know, I pulled my elbows back. And so I, I am hopeful that folks listening to this will do exactly what you just said, Patrick, and say, how can I do that? How can I bring this here? How can I emulate something similar? Because I feel stuck. I know my students and my, 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 my coworkers are feeling stuck. I know the administrators feel stuck. We need some dreaming. We need some trust. We need some imagining otherwise. So who do we call? Who do we email? Who do we contact so that we can say, hey, help me do this where I am? Um, if you mean, how do you get in touch with us? <laughs> I think we could all easily be found on the, on the University of Illinois website. Uh, uh, I'm Jay Lucero, L-U-C-E-R-O at Illinois. I could also be found on social media. Yeah, you can find me. Um phammy at illinois.edu and on social media at Patrick Hammy across all platforms. Yeah, and you can um, you can also find me at the at the website if you Google David Cisneros. I'm the first person that comes up. Although there's a lot of David Cisneroses in the world, um, but it, uh, and my email is also jdcisnrs at illinois.edu. And uh, yeah, I would definitely encourage. Um, also, you know. If you if you just Google uh, interseminars, um, also that will that will bring uh, you to some of the 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 conceptual like explanations behind the the initiative and some of the the materials that are on the Humanities Research 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 Institute website. I think they provide a good kind of 
I think they themselves are kind of inspirations for imagining, you know, graduate education otherwise. And, and I just think some of the things we've talked about in, in terms of um, things that we've discovered, you know, through the process, like you, like things that you mentioned, Amber Trust and Dreaming, I mean, thinking about how we can weave those into our graduate curriculum is really, really important. There's also two other inter-seminars cohorts. There's one that's currently going to start, you know, next year. And then there's already people who have applied for the third one, um, which will come after that. So it's a three-year cycle on this grant. Sorry, I just wanted to say that. Yeah, and if I could uh, unabashedly plug uh, something that may be of exciting potential for listeners, um, at the culmination of our leg of InterSeminars, the project, uh, on September 15th and 16th, we're going to be holding a two-day symposium that's going to celebrate, you know, this experience. It's going to feature, uh, projects, a portion of the projects, uh, from the fellows and with, with uh, invited guests, with food, with music. Um, and it'll also feature a publication that will be debuting, um, that really houses a lot of this energy and these activities that may be a kind of a scaffold for your listeners who are interested and excited to take this on as a kind of book of evidence that can help them really think through their own experiences together. Cause I know they're, you know, everyone's coming from a unique institution, unique set of circumstances, but unique cohort of graduates. And they all, you know, need things to be, need to be tailored to them. And this might help just give them a, a case study in what we navigated. Perfect. So every resource that you just dropped will be available in the show notes. And I am super duper thankful for not just the work that you're doing with the interest seminar series, but just for existing, for being a model for dreaming and trusting and imagining otherwise. So thank you for existing. And uh, David, Patrick and Jorge, I appreciate you so much. So thank you so much for being here. And I hope our listeners are inspired and go forth and do really wonderful things in their respective institutions. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Critical Futures podcast. If you're feeling inspired and looking for more resources, please check out www.ihje.org backslash podcast for show notes and links to resources and to subscribe.